I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, you might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 157 cities within four and a half oh, years. Oh, doing all right. We got a little rain last night, so I decided that I'm going to sit out on the front porch today just for fun to enjoy the smell of fresh rain. That's one of the best smells, and you're in a great area for it. Well, and especially because it's been almost three months since we've had any rain. Really? Yep. Climate change, huh? Yeah, we're uh, supposed to be one of the wettest places in the uh, you know in the U.S. and it has been so fucking dry that you know mm. uh, we had this uh, dark star lilac that we planted and it's dead because it's just too dry. Wow, lilac is my favorite favorite bush. I love oh, it. Oh, smell of it is so incredible. I mean, I think Illinois is known as the lilac state. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Pur- purple, white. And I had it lining my, I live next to a factory and what separated us was a fence and then huge lilac bushes. So you never really noticed like anything because it was just an amazing smell. Yeah, no, it was, I love it. It's, uh, it, yeah. And especially just like some of the varieties because like dark star lilac doesn't mm. look like, you know, your what you would think of as your typical lilac bush. So, like, you know, you're used to the bigger flowers and the huge leaves. These, this thing has absolutely tiny leaves. It's a little bit more rigid. Mm. And it gets these just huge, you know, like huge clusters of small flowers. But right. it has that distinct lilac smell. Does it? That's what I want. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's, it's a gorgeous plant. Except for, you know, the fact that it's just fucking dead in our front yard right now. <laughs> well, Democrats and the weather machine will do that to you to prove a point, won't they? I suppose so. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, Jeffrey. Like, I was just saying it in the pre-stuff while I warm up my microphone. I just wasn't really inspired news-wise this week. And the note, this note was just like a struggle to make, you know? And so... I didn't know where to go, but then this morning I woke up with like a flood of inspiration and I had a whole bunch of stuff. What I was working on was, hey, Malta, we love you, you know, and I wanted to learn more about Malta because they have some of these monstrous um, ancient sites, you know what I mean? Like man-made sites that are just amazing, megalithic Mm -hmm. structures. And that's so cool. I didn't really, it didn't. I knew that they were there. I just never put the correlation together that they were actually in Malta, a place that listens to us. And so I wanted to learn a little more. You know, they speak English as well. And that's kind of cool. So we can go there anytime. Other than that, it's pretty much like a combination of uh, like the Middle East and Europe and uh, the Mediterranean. And it's like uh, there's two islands and one is like the fun island. But that's a seasonal island, you know what I mean? People go there in the summer and spend thousands of dollars. And then there's a little island above that where if you don't want to go to all the nightclubs and you just want to wander nature, you can go there too. So thanks, yeah. Malta. Thanks, Malta, for, for letting me learn about you. <laughs> well, that's neat. Right. Yeah, I was, where I was, was looking at where they were at on the map and, and just kind of familiarizing myself there. And No, it's uh, like... I know that there have been people that have been like, yeah, we're going to Malta for vacation. Mm-hmm. Now, the funny thing is, is like being from Montana, we have a town in Montana called Malta and it's definitely not a destination. You want. <laughs> That's hilarious though, isn't it? Oh, it's, but you know, like I'm sitting here, you know, that's, that's just always the funny thing about like, when you have something that's named after something else. And I don't know if mm-hmm. Montana was named after Malta country or, or whatever, but they couldn't be more different. I guarantee <laughs> And also I found out Malta is run by the mob. So there's a little bit of that there. So I kind of, I'm kind of digging it. It seems to be like a hub. 
Like if you want to go to Italy, if you want to go to the Middle East, you're going to stop in Malta for a layover maybe. And so, I mean, it's expensive to live there. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's worth it though. It's in prime real estate. So I see that. I would like to. Islands islands are always expensive to live on though, simply Mm -hmm. because you just don't have the same infrastructure that you do in order to grow and sustain and, and, you know, mass transit your food around the country right. everything's going to be flown in you know you mm-hmm. think about you think about like countries like malta or states like hawaii or even like the falklands off of uh the argentine right. coast you know it's it's all super expensive mm-hmm. to live on an island it's i i'm sure it is absolutely gorgeous and i'm sure the people that are there absolutely love it and wouldn't trade it for anything right but I, but I'm sure that they're also used to that expense. Whereas somebody like us would go over there and just get absolute sticker shock at what, what pricing would look like to live there. Exactly. Exactly. But that's, if you want to be in the, in the nightlife, you know, you can go there off season, but I can't imagine that that's going to be much fun given that the government isn't like, um, democratic i don't know like i don't know the laws just seem like they might be made up under situational circumstances so i want to blend in with a crowd i don't want to to be separate so you mean like the united states (laughs) well in in any foreign country because i'm not quite sure what the practices are and so like a faux pas in judgment can be a crime (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to be somewhere and figure that out at least here i can make a faux pas and say fuck you i'm american (laughs) right no, and that's and that's just it is, is I think, you know, that's one of the things that a lot of American tourists don't think about when they go other places and said, you're not under, you know, you don't get to live under American rules when you right. go to a place that's not American. You're living under, you're, you're living and working under their rules mm-hmm. and you have to accept that and you either get to shut your mouth and just deal with it or you end up getting arrested and like... I don't know what to tell people, you know, yes, America champions as many freedoms as possible, unless you're Texas, so that's actually the opposite. But in the most cases, we try to champion as much freedom of expression, freedom of religion, freedom of, you know, one of the, one of the most common things that, you know, we as Americans have a right to that many countries don't is, you know, the right to criticize our government, Right. you know? We, we have, we have, I would argue, a duty to criticize our government because, you know, the government is the people, or at least it should be. And when it's not acting like it, you know, we have a tendency to speak out. Whereas, you know, when you look at other countries, you know, the, you, like, uh, what is it? I want to say Thailand, for example. Sure. Criticizing the government will get you sent to jail. Sure. Like, like you know, or, or other countries, China, uh, you know, that's luckily, what I was going to say. Like, if you criticize China in Thailand, you can go to jail. If you criticize um, China in Hong Kong, you could go to jail. If you criticize China as a NBA coach, you could get like shunned and ridiculed. So, you got to be careful on who you're criticizing and when you're criticizing them these days. You know? Absolutely. Well, I mean, well, absolutely. In in cases like China now. I have some cohorts, uh, I had some Chinese cohorts and I asked them, you know, what, what does, you know, look, what does that look like? And it's, it's not that they can't criticize their government. They just can't criticize it the way that we do. Right. You Openly. know, you know, and, and I would argue, I would argue too, that I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that it's, mm, uh, something like, you know, you're supposed to be more constructive, but I would say that it's it's still something you've got to be careful with. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we shit on our governments all the time, you know, our, our administrations as they pass from one to the other. And I, and the biggest reason is, is that, you know, we find that the government is doing what the government wants to do and it's not working for the people. Mm-hmm. Yet we have this weird illusion of choice that if we vote red or vote blue, that somehow the next time it's magically going to be different. Yep. But welcome to America. Welcome to public access America. (laughs) And speaking of islands, there's one more island I want to bring up before we get started with the real show. And it is like our third most listenership. So welcome to public access America to the Philippines. I am so excited. Magandagumaga. Magandagabi. Good morning and good evening. I love 
I love Tagalog. It's one of those languages that I can understand way more than I can speak. And so I had a story here, and it is about um, Duarte, their president, actually extending the uh, crisis the crisis policy about COVID. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're still they're still under a COVID threat. You know, and that mm-hmm. is. I just wanted to bring that up because we think to ourselves that it's an American issue and it isn't like we have 80 million people here that don't want to get shots, but like, this is all over the world. Like the Philippines Mm -hmm. variant hasn't even come here yet. We don't know if there is one. I know that the Philippines is fighting it just as hard as we are now. And I think Mm -hmm. it's important to realize that even somewhere like the Philippines is seeing the crisis for what it is. A lot of people say that their dictator is like authoritarian and right wing and like Trump Philippines version. And he's fighting it. He's fighting it like Biden would not like Trump did. And so I think that's just, it's real important for people to know. And to the people of the Philippines and Manila proper specifically we, we i'm thinking about you all the time because i have family there so travel bans affect the philippines in a major way there's like six mm-hmm. countries that are going to be banned for six days <laughs> so i didn't i didn't want to bring that up too much because i'm not quite understanding why six days for a travel ban for places like switzerland and mm-hmm. other con- Nairobi and other countries that are seeing COVID outbreaks so i don't know much about that yeah. but Hi, Philippines. Thank you for being here. <laughs> hey, what's up, Philippines? So no. do, you want, do you want to go good story or do you want to go um, Texas? <laughs> oh, let's go with dealer's choice. I mean, or do we just get Texas out of the way? Because we talked about them before. Yep. In fact, the name of our last podcast was Ask Backwards Politics. Run, Texans, run. <laughs> yeah. But, I want to say just behind their voter suppression acts and their abortion limitations acts, they are now using the um, old 2010 Arizona doctrine to randomly pick up immigrants and uh, harass them. Either they're going after unaccompanied minors for intel and they want access to the federal detention centers to do that, or they're just picking up random uh, Latino men and incarcerating them or de- detaining them to see if they have proper papers. And to they're trying to, the weirdest thing and the part that'll correlate with you is they're trying to get the ranchers and farmers on board with this. And the ranchers and farmers are in a pretty shitty position because they need the workers but they also need the government so they can rail about the democrats and so now everybody in texas is in are they looking for a reason to secede (laughs) is this where this is headed oh texas is always looking for a reason to secede i mean when you look at when (laughs) obama got elected the, the when obama got elected the second time uh there were a bunch of states that uh, put forth policies, uh, put forth uh, bills looking to secede from the union. Texas was one of the first. Mm. That doesn't surprise me. It's like, <laughs> ah, Democrat won. I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, Texas, but what do you think is going to happen if you suddenly decide to be your own country again? Mm. That means that you've got to normalize relations. It also means that everything that's property of the United States government is getting pulled out. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it'll look a lot like Afghanistan when the way we pulled out of there. <laughs> All over its chest, baby. <laughs> well, here's oh, here's the thing I I thought about Texas overall. My broad view overall is we're not electing people that know the law, and but we're we're asking people to inf- those people to enforce and create laws, but they don't know what the law is. And there's so many laws, there's so many policies, there's so many structures to it that you can't just randomly whip out a law and say, this is how it is. If it interferes with federal laws, then it cannot be done. And this immigration thing, I didn't even know if I should talk about it because it's going to be immediately um, questioned in the courts because it's illegal. But in the meantime, it's not even going to be, it's not even just going to be questioned it's going to be decided and sanctioned against because mm-hmm. courts have ruled at a Supreme Court level, mind you, 
that what's happening is what that that practice is uh, in violation of federal civil rights. Exactly. And, and I mean, hey, if Texas wants to play that game, by all means, Texas can play that game. And you know, it's um, it just is very showing of what Texas looks like right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta say, Texas looks like. The way that Texas is running some of their stuff looks something between, like, uh, I'm not racist, but, and a hard R. Well, it's weird. They they attacked women. They attacked disabled people, and now they're attacking immigrants. There's literally, between El Paso and Mexico, there's a bridge where people come in, day workers come in every day. And Mm -hmm. my thought is, my, oh. If you want to know what's if if a white person wants to know what slavery was like, all they have to do is go and apply for one of these day worker jobs where you're just pitching mm-hmm. kitchen pitching chickens into a bin or lettuce or having to pick the grapes and you know the right one. It's just the speed and um, lack of dignity in that job is horrendous. And after slavery when Lincoln abolished slavery, all the slaves walked out of these plantations, realized they had nowhere to live and nothing. So plantation owners decided to pay them like pennies a month to do the job, Mm -hmm. to get around it. And that's where our immigrant farm workers are at now. And so Mm -hmm. they're a step of above slavery. And what's worse to me is another, it's another base decision. We can't grow if we're constantly battling for Mm -hmm. having, I mean, we should be giving rights to day workers or undocumented workers that are here in the process. We should be giving them more, more rights, more policies around their protection, but we're not, we're just debating whether we should have them here or not. And it's just a disgusting policy. It's just a disgusting debate to me. Well, I mean, and I I would say that legally the courts have ruled. um, I'm trying to remember what state it was. This was like six years ago, Mm -hmm. seven years ago, where um, a judge, I want to say it was Texas even. I think it was Arizona. It was either Arizona or Texas. It was one of the two because it was right along the southern border. Mm -hmm. But there was a judge that flat out started asking, uh, you know, during voir dire, you know, what part of what part of uh, our Constitution they not understand. Right. You know, because, uh, you know, they had, you know, immigrants had the right to representation. They had the right to, you know, a fair trial, Mm -hmm. a speedy trial. Like, it doesn't matter that they're not american citizens those are things that we view as rights of people period in the store exactly so um it ended up being a big news piece and and like i said i don't remember if it was arizona or texas i want to say it was texas because i was living in arizona Mm. Uh, and i'm pretty sure it wasn't arizona but it's one of those things where you know when when we have people in this country and we have the justice system that we do, the justice system cannot in many ways differentiate basic treatments between citizens and non-citizens. That's right. Because that is a dangerous game to play because then the question becomes, can you take citizens and somehow propose them to be Mm non-citizens in which case this is where i would argue that you know some of the some of the uh rhetoric that's gone around lately where republicans view their land you know view the places that they control as real america Mm -hmm. and that you know they're not you know everywhere else isn't real america so what does that mean does that mean that you know as long as they vote red they're real americans and if they vote blue you can you know, deprive them of constitutional rights. And that's why, that's why you can't, in a lot of cases, differentiate uh, legal standing between citizen and non-citizen. You have to run the system as though it is completely independent of that fact. Mm-hmm. The only time that that changes is immigration court, obviously. Sure. But when people are in the process, they're in the process, you know, here's the problem. But even even still within the immigration court system, though, you still have the same rules. It's Mm -hmm. just that, you know, instead of instead of being able to be released on your own recognizance, 
you know, you're looking at staying in jail because you aren't technically a citizen of the country. That's how it is now. Yeah. I like catch and release because there was still, there was still like a 96% um, show up rate in court. I mean, these people came here, they walked 2000 miles, the strongest made it, the bravest tried, and they put their hands in the air at the border and said, have mercy on me because my country is devastated and mm-hmm. they want to be here. They come back to court. Immigrants aren't the scapegoat that I'm making it out to be. But the thing is, is with, no, not. with the farm workers and the um, cattle industry in Texas, w- you're not going to the the prices of food in from that area are going to go up right it just has to Mm -hmm. because there's less workers to do the work if any Mm -hmm. because white people aren't applying to be daily farm workers for 50 cents oh hell no you know and so what do you think is going to happen the same thing that started happening in california when trump restricted the border there the price of grapes went through the roof the price of avocados went through the roof now we're going to handle our 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 meat industry, our beef industry. And I don't even know what Texas makes agriculturally, but I mean, right now in Arizona, the Colorado river is dried up, which means we aren't getting a lot of cotton and um, a lot of produce and things that are grown in that region. And, mm-hmm. and now you're cutting off the border. So we can't get day workers to pick the food in California. And now you're doing it in Texas. Like, what do you think is going to happen I mean, food insecurity is already an issue. You know what I mean? This scares me. The answer is, is the answer is, is look at what's happening in the UK. You know, when they just removed themselves from the European Union, mm-hmm. it's hard to get labor in, and they're having their crops rot in the field, and their food is their food prices are skyrocketing. Right. You know, this is one of those things where you know you're you're cutting off your own nose to spite your face. I mean. You yes. sit down and you talk about and complain about how much, how expensive the price of labor is, but then you do things that actively inhibit you mm-hmm. from finding labor. That doesn't make any sense. I, I believe corporations would love an instant, instant immigration citizenship card. You know, like the guy comes in, gets his card, goes right to Tyson Industries. I'm sure they would love that that grunt labor there. You know what I mean? So I don't see corporations oh, opposed to immigration. Um, open, open. It's politicians. It has to be politicians it's, it's, and it has to be. It's politicians peddling a narrative yes. that, you know, Schrodinger's Mexican is somehow simultaneously taking all of your benefits mm-hmm. that they don't qualify for and taking your jobs that you don't apply for. Exactly. It's, um, it's a, it's a rhetoric tool. It's not, it's not, it's a, it is, it's total, it's, it's mostly bullshit. Don't get me wrong. Yes. The idea that there aren't criminals that come across the border is ass night. We deal with it every day. Mm-hmm. We deal with the fact that people are constantly smuggling drugs into the United States from other countries. Yes. But when you're talking about the vast majority, vast majority of these people are looking, you know, to either a earn themselves a living so that way they can go back home Mm -hmm. or B they're looking to find their way in this country. So that way they too can, you know, experience the American dream that they heard so much. Right. It's the same thing as a politician being upset that he's being compared to Trump when he's in the same party as Trump, you know, they don't want to be associated with him anymore, but now you have the stigma of being associated with them. Good immigration, good immigrants, good migrants, good humans <laughs> come right. in and out every day. And they're no different than right. any of us. They put their nose to the grindstone and they try and earn their way just like anybody else would. Texas isn't over there yeah. trying to um, arrest Swedish. You know, They're not looking to arrest um, English immigrants, right? Just specifically the ones coming over our Southern border. And they, they say it's a crisis. Is I don't I don't see a crisis on the border. There's there I I would I would that way with with adult men. I'm saying you know what I mean. This is a tough one because there is there is a crisis on the southern border, but it's largely self inflicted. Is the problem right? Yes, the stay over in Mexico policy, the children being detained, um, separations of families, that's all really disgusting. But I'm just trying to focus on the migrant worker 
you know, coming in and out like they always have for hundreds of right. years. And I, I don't, right. I don't see a major, yes, there is people bringing stuff over the border. There always will be. There's people bringing stuff over the border the other way too. There always will be. And yep. we need security in that manner. And we have a lot of it, you know, what I mean? like, mm -hmm. we have drones that, that fly over. We have border guards every hundred feet. We have, we have wall, I mean, for a mile or two. So it's not like, and we have, we have mountain ranges that won't allow people to get through. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't see a problem with the day worker. I wish people stopped using them as a scapegoat just to look tough. I mean, do you really, that, do you really think, do you really think Republicans have a good stand? I mean, in Texas, do you think that Mitch McConnell should be worried that Texas is giving him a bad name? Because it kind of is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would say that any Republican that is serious about maintaining their own economy should absolutely be sitting down with Texas and going, what in the fuck are you on? Right. Because the reality is, is that, you know, the labor shortage the labor shortage is affecting the entire country and there are places all around the country that could use that labor that doesn't just go to Texas. It goes on to other countries. It yeah. goes on to other States. I mean, even when you look at, what was it at the, it was like two years ago or something like that. It was during the Trump administration, but there was a meat packing plant in Iowa that got busted for having a bunch of illegal immigrants, mm -hmm. you know? So the idea that, you know, number one, companies aren't going to use illegal labor is laughable at best. So why not make it easier to get the kind of labor that you need, especially in a shortage? Mm -hmm. there, yes, there are absolutely going to be some things that you're not going to be able to have uh, non-citizens do. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. It's, it's U.S. critical infrastructure. It's or or it's going to require, you know, things it's going to require. Um, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, Good question. It's going to require precedent that doesn't exist. Right. Um, but the, the, so, the shortage is because we aren't allowing these people in the way we mm -hmm. used to. Like the jobs mm -hmm. that, that are, aren't being filled aren't being, aren't the, the, it's not because we don't have people with college degrees. Those jobs are being filled at a, a it's just a crazy rate. Like people with degrees mm -hmm. are finding the pick of their jobs right now because so many are empty, but th mm -hmm. those, those jobs at like dollar general, those jobs at the gas station, the jobs at Wendy's, those aren't, those, those aren't always, those are th sometimes those are people in the process. I'm not saying that they're illegal. Yep. I'm not saying they're legal. I'm saying that they're in the process and have the right to have a job. They have a green card and they are awaiting their turn in court. And that is awesome. Mm -hmm. I love those people. I love you. But that's, that's the problem. Know, that's, that, I, those are the jobs that are, we're seeing help wanted for. It's not that it's not the techie techie jobs. Those are being filled. They have their pick of whoever they want and whoever they want has their pick of the job. So that's not an issue. Mm -hmm. Yep. Agreed. So it really what it boils down to is the fact that um, there just has to be a better way for uh, people, uh, for us to bring in the labor that we need. Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that it needs to be speed run any completion, but the fact of the matter is it's been bottlenecked and it's been bottlenecked for a reason. Mm -hmm. People, you know, people in the previous administration thought this is how we're going to get all Americans to get jobs. And that was just never going to be the case. Right. We had record low unemployment and we were hurting for fuel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, we put up the real we, there. So one of the calculations that a lot of people don't realize exist and they don't tend to think about is what the optimal level of unemployment is everybody thinks the optimal level of unemployment is zero but realistically that's possible right because you're always going to have people who can't be employed for valid reasons mm -hmm. and i want to say that the optimal level of employment that we have found in the united states sits somewhere around three and a half percent and we got down to like i want to say it was like 3.2 percent we're, we're at 5.3 uh, right now i think Yep, we're at five point three right now, but but under the Trump administration, we got down to three point two percent. Of course, we did. So we were, and we were still hurting the people mm -hmm. because of bad policy. Like at that point, that's when that's when decisions needed to be made that said, "Hey, we need to get people in here to work these fields because 
we are we are quite literally we are we are above uh, below. I'm not sure how you'd want to clap. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com/purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Let's find this, uh, the optimal employment rate. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're now at a point where we need to find people to come in and fill jobs that aren't getting filled. You know what? If you really, if you really, 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 really want those people to be Americans that are filling those jobs, give somebody a green card a chance to become a resident. Give yes. that resident a chance to become a citizen. Yep. But unfortunately, some people seem to think that, uh, America's a color and not an idea. So I also think that uh, I want to get to another topic in a minute, but I also think once we put a price tag on education, it left some of America out and that that portion of America mm-hmm. just didn't find the same opportunities for employment that people that could find education had an average mm-hmm. an average intelligent mind with a degree can go through management like a knife through butter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but people that just wanted to work and be blue collar kind of got left out of the education system. We didn't have enough tech jobs. I mean, technical colleges, you know, we didn't have enough mm-hmm. side education that way. We didn't teach people how to use their hands anymore. We told them how to use a computer. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people got left out. And so the middle class has become techie techie in the lower class has become mm-hmm. the blue collar that used to be. And Joe Biden says he's going to bring it back. And I don't see any proof of that just yet. So. Nor do I. Nor do I. And that's, and that's really, uh, that's really the shame because, you know, one of the things that I've been talking about with several people is, is that, you know, the fact that, you know, finding an electrician right now is damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. Finding a plumber is months out, Yeah, you know, finding finding someone that you need to come do a project that's you know not an emergency is really difficult yeah people people don't realize that our trade our trade with canada was there we gave them like 90 percent products that they gave us like you know in trade they gave us 90 percent service industry and then trump went and fucked with that and serve the service industry just got whacked by the <laughs> and but anyway so jeffrey yeah i want to i want to get this in because this is the sunday episode and tonight coming out is um the inspirations beyond disability episode which in and of itself isn't highlightable as a story but we did have a great discussion about adhd and some mm-hmm. information about it and some there were some questions in there to find, help determine whether you may or not be on the spectrum, and then some disorders that are attached to it that I just thought were interesting for adults and children. And so I wanted everybody mm-hmm. to go ahead and check out Inspirations Beyond Disabilities tonight. And I wanted to know if I could ask you. I want to ask questions to the audience, but. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you're the stand-in for the audience here. Do you mind answering a few questions? Sure, let's go for it. Let's go. Because I honestly it. don't know one way. You know, I don't know one way or another about this about you, right? And I honestly mm-hmm. don't know much about it. We're. I think I'm older than you in this um, ADHD. To me, when I was a kid, was just um, shut up and wipe the dirt off. You know. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you just a couple questions so that pe- our audience can can hear the questions and 
just remember two things. There's something psychosomatic where when you hear a question, you look for a moment in your life where it resonates. That doesn't mean you have ADHD. <laughs> it just means that you're relating to the mm -hmm. question. And the second thing is, is if you do say yes in the past year that you've done this 51% of the time, maybe go find a doctor instead of self-diagnosing through this episode. So mm -hmm. do you have a short attention span? Uh, not really. No, yeah, I, didn't I can so. focus on something for a long time. Okay. Uh, I would say that it's impacted. It's definitely impacted by whether or not I enjoy something. If I don't enjoy something, I'm not paying attention to what you did. But. Right. Good point. Good point. So do you make careless mistakes? Geez, I don't see how you could. Oh, it's possible. There's sometimes it's just, I would say that it's just more the eagerness to get something done. And then mm. you just kind of accidentally skip a step. Yeah, that's me. That's me. So, okay. Do you come off as forgetful or do you lose things? Uh, do I, uh, I would say the biggest thing that I lose is my sunglasses. Mm. And oftentimes it's because I strategically put them in a place. I won't forget in that moment. Normally I'm a very routine person. So it's like my sunglasses exist in one spot all the time period, unless I'm wearing that's me. Um, in terms of forgetful, I would say it just depends. Uh, I prioritize information. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you're asking me if I remember about Johnny and Susie, who we met once like six years ago, right off the bat, I'm not going to remember who the hell you're talking about. Right. Or if you said, hey, I need you to do this one thing and I get absolutely slammed and I forget to do that one thing. Sure, maybe. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, no, I pretty much I can remember everything. Right. Um, it might take me a minute to remember it, but I'll remember it. That, that, that's a good place. I had a, I had a thought about this and life, right? Life is this, mm -hmm. it's, it's this thing where nothing happens and then everything happens. And in the everything we make triage decisions. Like sometimes it's mm -hmm. the best of two bad things in the moment. And they're choices that we wouldn't make when nothing is going on. If everything came steadily, we would be able to make rational decisions, but that doesn't happen. And then that made me think of our kids and how our kids don't have enough information to make critical decisions. So they become making triage decisions. And something mm -hmm. as simple as do you want to stay with dad or go with mom is a triage decision to somebody that doesn't have the, the experience mm -hmm. to make that decision without crying, you know, <laughs> and, and that made me think we're not giving our children enough information in that moment to make the critical decision. And we should say, do you want to go with mom to get ice cream or do you want to stay with dad? Who's going to play on his computer and ignore you and let the child decide, you know what I mean? And so. I, a lot of triage decisions cause anxiety. I think that's a oh, lot. Absolutely. Of it. And I think there's a delicate balance through telling your child what to do and then giving them that moment and space to learn. I don't think we have enough time in the moment to, to stop and make it a learning moment for children. Sometimes it's do as I say, not as I do. And I think that can cause anxiety when you don't know why you're doing it, you know? Absolutely. So that made me just think of the spiral of ADHD, which is a spectrum, you know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. So absolutely. Do you do you appear unable to listen or carry on or carry out instructions? No. No, I don't think so. You wouldn't be with Devi if you weren't a good listener. <laughs> no, 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 no. Debbie would have murdered me by now and we uh, would <laughs> not be having this podcast. Right. Do you, do you change activities or tasks a lot? Um, kind of like multitasking, right? Uh, I would say it, I would say it just really depends. Yeah. Um, if I have a set task list that I need to get done, mm -hmm. no. If it's just like, hey, we need to get some stuff done around the house. Yeah. Um, just because like my brain will prioritize what I see right in front of me. So yep. I'll, uh, so for example, I'll be like, okay, I've got a couple of tools sitting in the kitchen. I need to go take those tools out into the garage. 
I get out into the garage and I go, oh, crap, that's all over the place. I need to pick that up. So I start picking that up. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, this thing needs to go inside. So I take it inside, take it to where it needs to go. Oh, well, that closet's messy. So I start working on the closet. You know, I would say that, you know, I do that when I don't have clear direction and schedule, like what I'm going to do. But if it's like, hey, I need to get the Christmas lights fixed. I need to pull a couple of weeds out of the garden that are a problem. And I need to move a couple of things from one side of the garage into the other. I will focus on those specific tasks and get them done. Mm -hmm. And I will do one of them until I get that task done and then move on to the next. Okay. But you prioritize that way. You structure them together. I do that three thing too, by the way. Like I'll sit around until I have three chores to do. And then I'll try and figure... Because I'm the same way. I want to sweep the floor. There's laundry on the floor. I put the laundry in the washing machine. I'm at the washing machine. I see the garbage needs to go out, take the garbage out. I come back in, see the dishes, do the dishes, go back. So I'm more of a, like how you said. So that's just interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you have problems sitting still? Uh, I would say yes, I do actually. Um, twofold. Uh, number one is I have lot of pain from work accidents mm. so um sitting still is is a little bit rough for me um just because i start to hurt if i don't readjust myself every so often right um for those of you who are who are watching this you probably notice that i keep shifting hands and that's because i've got this pain in my back thanks to torn uh, ac joint in my shoulder and so like, I've got to shift my hands back and forth and it, but rebalances my muscles every time I shift because one side will start to lose a little bit of feeling and I'll switch over and I'll do that. Mm. Even like when I'm not on my phone, I am still moving around. I'm still stretching a lot, um, which is also why at work, it's really hard for me to focus sometimes for long periods of time. It's not that I can't focus on the task. It's that I'm actually hurting mm. and I've chosen not to take a bunch of painkillers to numb that. Um, I would rather stay mentally present at, or minimize the amount of like ibuprofen I'm taking because it's hard on your stomach. Yeah. Um, that'll back you up. But it's not, but it's, but there it's, it's because of pain. It's not because of something else. Uh, but the second part is, is that I'm also like being a musician. I always have music going in my head. Yes. So if I'm not listening to music, I kind of have something going on in the background. So I will drum constantly. Like I will, I will have, I'll have music going in my head and I will be like feeling out what it would feel like behind a drum set. Nice. So I'm like doing double bass pedal. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm patting my fingers and my, and my hands just kind of playing out what it looks like. And I'm sure it probably looks uh, like um, like I'm fidgeting or something like that. Right. I just have music going on in my head. And, and like, I love music so much that I have to express it somehow. And so for me, being a drummer, it's I just express it as I'm sitting there listening to it in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I listened... Uh... I, I put my music on shuffle and Slayer South of Heaven came on, you know, and I was like, mm -hmm. I'm suddenly playing air guitar, right? But then suddenly I'm playing air drum and then suddenly I'm singing at the top of my lungs and then suddenly I'm like doing the bass line. And I realized that some songs are like that, like, mm -hmm. and that is so cool. Like, those are great songs that that is a full album. And it made me go and listen to the whole album. I was like, fuck it. And I just went and put it on and did my house cleaning to Slayer. I thought that was, that was amazing. I don't get, I don't get many metal moments that these days, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, it's, so uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different for me, but like, I've always, it's not like I have to just like move around for the sake of moving around. Mm. It's, it's, uh, I, you know, I can't, I don't like for me, it's pain or I've got music in my head. And so I'm drumming it out. Right. 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 No, I get it. And there's times when I'm low on potassium and might get kicky feet. I think that's the technical term. You know, <laughs> you just can't stop. So, all right. Um, if, if you want to hear more, you can go ahead and 
click the link in the chat in our live stream or in the description portion of the podcast, and you can hear the conversation with Kai, Ezrick, and myself talking more about ADHD. And I think it's something we're going to continue. We're going to have another discussion about neurodivergency and all these wonderful things that I, I know nothing about. So I'm pretty excited to learn like that. But guess what, Jeffrey? There is mm. there is an artist that gets to express herself. And that is Britney Spears. Have you heard that her father says he he wants to step aside now as conservator? Yep. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? I've been following her. She's been posting some uh stuff. <laughs> good. Yeah. Good. It's really it, it is really good. I just wonder the way the way it's the way it's written, it seems like he's saying, I don't want to be conservator anymore, but somebody has to be. And that's what I'm wondering about. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know about that, man. Like, I don't know that somebody has to be the conservator unless, right. that's unless she manages to spiral herself and mm -hmm. end up needing care again, but that's not on any of us to decide. Good point. It's an, it's a chance and an opportunity to not have an opinion about something we don't have information about. Exactly. And, and so my, my hope is, is that, you know, Brittany gets her freedom Me too. and gets to decide what she does with her life. And that's about as far as it needs to go. And, and if, if things, you know, if, if things aren't as rosy as, as Brittany would like them, then I hope that Brittany has the ability to do whatever she needs to do to get the help that she needs. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't need any help and she just wants to live her fucking life, then Hey, Cool. Right. I mean, I think what happened was we noticed because her rights were infringed on well below the norm. You know, <laughs> And when somebody yep. is telling you that you have to be on birth control and you have to perform and you can't have access to your funds, that that's that's a human rights issue. And I think that's why we that are. Is a human rights issue. I um yep. Britney Spears is is allowed is allowed to go MC Hammer and spend all the money she wants on anything she wants and deal with those consequences. She's an adult and she knows what consequences are. And what I think is amazing mm -hmm. is that like her Instagram isn't like um it isn't created to show that she is fit, right? She doesn't need to do that. She doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. She just gets to be her. And so what I love is that her Instagram is just her being her. And it's not pre-posed pictures of her being normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm really. But it is It is now. It is now. I, I would argue that is most it? likely. I would argue that most likely before this conservatorship battle, there were a few things that she was doing on her Instagram where it was like. Like, I didn't know how to describe what I was watching, okay. but it just, it didn't feel right. And so, like, that was something Debbie and I got to talking about. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's because you're watching somebody who's trapped. And I went, oh, shit, you're right. This is like somebody, who, you know, straight up in, you know, they're at the hands of the captain. Yeah. Debbie, we miss you. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. I've been circling this story for a week and all I needed was 30 seconds of Debbie, you know? <laughs> what the fuck? Right. <laughs> Right. That's exactly it. You're seeing somebody that's trapped. You know what I mean? Oh, yep. I just, I, I want the best for her. She's another example of us, our opinion turning into rhetoric that totally affected somebody's life in a negative way. And I just want to see her get out of it. It's so many years just wasted because of an opinion we had about an event that took place in her life that we didn't have any information on, you know, like, Having having a hundred paparazzis around you when you're trying to maneuver your car and your kids, man, that's not a place to judge. That's a place to fix. No. You know? Yep. So I agreed. I really hope that she I hope she becomes just whoever she wants to be, whoever she's and it feels like somebody tried pausing her existence and now she gets to start it back up again. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that too. And and you know, maybe she comes out with some great music. Maybe she says fuck it and has another kid and decides to be stay-at-home mom. Mm, Who the hell cares? It's her life let her happen. Doesn't matter. You know, she could be a court stenographer. <laughs> we don't care at this point. Right. As long as right. she's happy. I and I do appreciate the video of her in her bathroom in the thong. You know what I mean? Thank you, Brittany. Right on. 
<laughs> so um, just because I'm hitting that part of the note, um, that Texas immigration policy is called Operation Lone Star. And uh, Greg mm. Abbott just expanded it a little more. It's been it's been out for like a while, and he just expanded on it. Jeffrey, now comes the yeah. time in our podcast when we talk about. Anyway, <clears throat> it was a tough week because of nine eleven, and I'm not going to bring that. I'm not bringing it up. Everybody else is doing specials and stuff on it, but I remember nine yep. eleven, and it breaks my heart. I'm just not focusing on it because everybody else is, but. Mississippi teachers are begging for help um, because over 18,000 students have contracted COVID-19 in one month. Hmm? One month. Yep. Yep. Um, Nothing to talk about there. That's normal Republican uh, stuff. (laughs) Am I I supposed to be surprised by this? Um, Yeah, where do we go from there? the solution is already there, right? So, <laughs> and, you know, Joe Biden made it clear, and uh, this week, I'm glad you and, brought that up. And we've all been saying it: the pandemic right now is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been several studies that have come out in the last couple of weeks showing, you know, when it comes down to it, for every 11 cases that enter, you know, uh, a hospital. Uh, enter the ICU, 10 of them are vac- uh, 10 of them are unvaccinated, mm-hmm. one of them is vaccinated. <clears throat> and when it comes to deaths, nine of them are unvaccinated, one of them is vaccinated. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, you could see you could have a 90% reduction or uh 90 was it? I want to say it's a ninety-one percent reduction if you go with uh, uh, the one in eleven. JJ. In in cases of mm. of hospitalization in ICU, if you got vaccinated, and I don't know what to say other than, you know, if you think that the issue at hand is that the vaccine isn't safe and effective but somehow you also believe that this is a gain of function engineered Chinese virus that you're not afraid of. Like you need to re-examine your priorities in your, in your rhetoric, because that's really fucked. That's weird. Right. That's what I've been saying. Uh, And it's wrong, by the way, it's, it's a wrong assumption that it's a Chinese virus, but would you rather have in your own rhetoric, would you rather have a, a, a virus from Xi Jinping or a vaccine from Donald Trump? You know, I'd rather have a vaccine from Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. At this point, me too. And it, because guess what? It's it works. It's been tested, and <laughs> a lot. I don't know if this is about vaccines because this is a lot about children. Anyway, I wanted to make a point. Eighty million. What that? What? What Joe Biden said that I loved was eighty million people are destroying the country, and we can't. We can't keep this going. You know, like it's we've we've placated you long enough. You know. You're wrong and you're a minority. You're less than 25% of the country, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you, you should, you're lepers at this point. And I'm glad that he said it. I'm glad that he said it. But I think the, Absolutely. the Mississippi <clears throat> thing is, is important because these are children under the age of 12, right? And the, so, and a year ago, a year and a half ago, we determined that air, air ventilation, distancing, masks, sanitization, these were things we needed in our schools to reopen them. A year and a half ago, last school year, the, that was the mandate. And they were going to put the budget, put it in the budget to give every school district the money to do that. And Donald Trump holding it, tried holding it over people's heads. Like you have to go with what well, anyway, but the budget was there. It, the money went out and did Mississippi not get the memo on this? Cause the teachers are like, we want masks. We want man mandated vaccines. We want all this stuff. And the, uh, the governor is saying, well, kids just get the sniffles from COVID, you know, but kids are dying. They did from the original variant, but not from Delta. There are more kids in hospitals now than there ever were at the height of the pandemic in the winter. Right. Um, and there are more kids dying from the disease than ever have than there ever were before. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 
my hope lies in the courts deciding that these mandates are mm-hmm. ill. You know, these 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 mask bans are illegal. That yeah. you know that they look at what the Supreme Court ruled in 1905 and that vaccines can be mandated. I mean, they already are for public schools. It's just the COVID virus, the COVID vaccine isn't one of them yet. Yeah, but it will be now that it's FDA approved. Yeah, my hope is, I mean, it it is for 16 and older. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it just depends on the school too. Um, Like I said, uh, you know, in terms of, in terms of mandating of a vaccine that is under emergency use authorization. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one because, you know, if you look at, you know, the reason I say that it's a tough one, I, I say that not in the lens of, you know, we have these vaccines, you know, with Pfizer and Moderna and J and J that are overwhelmingly safe and effective. J and J has got some issues. Moderna has got some issues. Pfizer's got some issues, Mm -hmm. but they're overwhelmingly safe and effective. Yeah. But imagine if you mandated uh, a mandated a a vaccine through emergency use authorization. Right. And that vaccine was AstraZeneca that had a body count with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that's a problem. That's that's the, that's the lack of freedom, right? Right, and so so that's where I struggle with you know mandating vaccines that are under emergency use authorization. Oh, I agree. But but once it's FDA approved, you know the military has to take it. So the military, you know, they now have to get vaccinated. Right. The um, I would say that um. You know, now you're going to see federal workers have to get vaccinated. Yeah. With the announcement contractors, that, um, executive branch workers. Um, yeah. yeah. He mandated. Now, anybody who does business with the federal government now has to get vaccinated. Right. It's just it's, the interesting thing has been uh, the one that has surprised me the most has been the number of unions that have been fighting back against the mandate. Mm-hmm. That one has surprised me. Like, uh, you know, uh, I was not expecting the Uno, the Uno reverse card for team switching on that one. Here in Washington, uh, what ended up happening was is they just they felt like they weren't given enough time to either get exemptions, get vaccinated, or you know retire. Mm. And so that got approved overwhelming, uh, like over eighty of eighty percent approval from the unions here. So vaccine mandates are happening here. That's yeah. you know it's going to happen. It said it's um, a pres- it's a, it sets a precedent of government interference in your industry. So I can see where they're cautious about it because it does set a precedent. If something comes along that's slightly smaller than COVID, now the government has the right to mandate something that your union won't have a say in because there was a precedent to it. You know, I get that. I I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, but I would also I would also say that. Uh, when it comes to vaccinations though if it's fda approved yep sorry like i don't see and it's, I don't and see it's a public health can. safety matter right mm-hmm. yes it's not a shingles vaccine that they're mandating this is a this is a vaccine that saves lives and it'll save my life if you take it and that's why it's important but the thing is is like it's not that they're not looking to get kids vaccinations they're what they're doing is they're going through a hundred thousand pages of research 10 doctors have to read a hundred thousand pages of research on one vaccine before they can approve it or disapprove it and then they have to do that for the second third fourth vaccines before they can be approved Mm -hmm. it's it's a pipeline process there's a choke point in the system and it is that people are trying to make the decision in real time based on data that's been collected over the past Mm -hmm. two years so Yep. It's not that it isn't it isn't safe. They're not not putting it out FDA approval for kids because it's not safe. It's because they have to read so much material. And you understand. And that that's one. exactly it. And that's exactly it is, is that, you know, overwhelmingly, we know that the Pfizer vaccine was safe and effective. Overwhelmingly, we know that the Moderna vaccine is safe and effective. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gotten its FDA approval yet. But I imagine that's probably going to take place somewhere towards the end of September, beginning of October. Right. It's not that it's in, and the idea that it's not going to be approved for younger ages at this point is also like, 
it's also a fool's errand. I mean, it's going to get approved. Sure, That's the thing, it's just what's the dose? They, what are the just, percentages? What what are the risks? It's the it's the dosing. It's mm-hmm. understanding what what the side effects look like. It's understanding the treatment of the side effects. Right. And it's understanding how effective it is. The reality is, is is that you know there are parents out there that want to get their kids vaccinated, and yeah. You know, this is this is where it gets really tough because, you know, from a parent standpoint, I get wanting to take your kid in to get them vaccinated yeah. and not be able to. But at the same time, I also get from a scientific perspective, I don't want parents just throwing their kids at me to be a pincushion either. Right. Exactly. Like, like that's you know, that's very much that's, there's very much a risk where I think that in terms of like adults, like you you know getting people on board to do like the the clinical testing because we do have uh sound rules about um informed consent that's a fun one for all of you all to research out there informed consent Mm. when it comes to being a part of uh, any sort of medical test um but when it comes down to kids it's really tough because we're relying on the parents to make the decision for them mm-hmm. and we're counting on it being out of number one you know that you know their children are informed about what could and couldn't happen but number two that the parents aren't making this decision out of sheer desperation right and 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 right now is a struggle because it's there's a lot of sheer desperation because this virus is ravaging the country it's killing people i i've known two families right now that have literally lost uh two and three family members just this last week alone and they're just on edge yeah you know and guess what like i'm i'm sorry but it was largely preventable isn't that funny like in the beginning we were like this shouldn't be political we want everybody to live and now we're just like whatever let's get this over with if you don't want to get vaccinated, go to this party and hug the guy next to you. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. And then, and then hospitals can set up what what's going to be called Freedom Tent City, mm-hmm. where you get to sit outside under the stars. And you know what? If uh, somebody happens to show up with a ventilator, you ain't going to get it because that's reserved for the beds inside where people got vaccinated. They're literally triaging people at this point because exactly. there is nothing left to do. Right. And it's triage. It's just that triage fucking decision making that's that's it's a tough thing, man. It's a tough thing to do in life and it's a tough thing for the medical staffs to do, but you're making it a lot easier. Like people get aggravated, they get sick and tired, and you don't want that nurse. You don't want that nurse. You don't want to be stuck in that system where they're stuck sticking stuff in your butt and in your penis and down your throat to keep you alive, and they don't give a fuck if you're in pain. You know what I mean? Like at some point, medical staff gets a little irritated. You don't want remember that. give your give your doctors and nurses some love. Mm-hmm. You know, understand that nobody, most people aren't showing up uh, right now to you know the ER to the ICU because they're having the best day of their life. Right, right. A lot of people can't get to the hospital because the ambulances are full of COVID patients. A lot of people can't have their funeral because they can't find the body in the morgue, the the freezer trucks full of dead bodies, you know? It's like, I don't know. It's bad. Anyway, thank you for being here. We'll come back this Thursday where we will continue the depressing conversation. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all
to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. It's In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public access America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts. Stitcher Radio Public. And Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.